everyone. Welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm Lily, and I'm here with Chase. What's up, guys? And we are a horror paranormal podcast that likes telling each other true scary stories from all over the world. And... Of course, while we're doing this, we like to have a little bit of a a little bit of a drink sometimes. Well, and you are definitely having a little bit of drink because you got one of your baby drinks. Yeah. Oh, wait, not a uh, drink not, for babies, <laughs> but it's a baby-sized drink. Yeah, so if you guys are like, huh, oh, this sounds familiar, well, what we're actually doing is we're recording right after our last episode. Double record day. So in case you guys have been keeping track this might be more or less my third shot of the night and i'm going to continue to drink so have fun i hope this episode is going to be like a little crazier than the last one i'm, I'm going to be all over the place i think and we're not going a step further until she takes that baby size shot oh, all right well let me do that for you yeah that looked like a little bit of a struggle Woo! just sometimes like my mouth refuses to let it go yeah we we <laughs> Your body's telling you something, and maybe you should listen to it. Never! I'm pouring another one. (laughs) All right, so this episode, since the last one was more me talking the entire time, I hope you guys were totally entertained, because obviously, this episode, Chase is going to tell us a story. Yeah. But before we get to the story, I do think we need to address the fact that you and me finally saw, after everyone kept telling us about it and saying we need to see it. Oh, was it? We finally saw the new Scream movie. Oh, that's right. <laughs> now, don't worry, don't because gonna... it's so new and fresh and there's plenty of people out there who still want to see it. We oh, are right. not going to do spoiler spoil discussion it. or yeah. anything like that. I can definitely say it was okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So, you know, obviously we all have our own opinions and usually what I say, and I can guarantee you if you guys ever stick, stuck around for our movie reviews back in like Halloween and then Christmas again, there's no way we would have agreed on some things. And so take what we say with a grain of salt and just enjoy a horror movie. Just just enjoy horror movies, okay? I tried to enjoy this this one and it was a little difficult for me. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I think you liked it a little more than I did. For me, it was a bit of a letdown, and again, I don't know if I had a high standard, which, let's face it, I have very low standards for horror movies. <laughs> and it had I, nothing to do with your standards. I have no standards, actually. Let's just face it. And I was a little, like, you know, meh, whatever. So I thought it was good. Yeah. I love the original Scream movie. I think it's great, but I always felt the sequels were a little bit forgettable. I do think I will That's remember fair. this one more than some of the sequels. But I think the main reason for that is there were some really good kills in this movie. There were some cool... Okay, yeah. Unexpected, intriguing, things like that. You are absolutely 1,000% correct. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people, like, have given um, a lot of shit towards the newest Halloween movie. and Which I loved, actually. Which I actually really liked. Again, it did get a little preachy there in the hospital, and I'm like, whatever. But the kills there, for me, were exquisite. They were, like, pretty well done. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And so, and they were consecutive. Like, they were pretty quickly. Like, I was like, this is a slasher. Like, you know, when you're watching it, you're not kind of derailed. You're, like, constantly being chased. Whereas with Scream, I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot of different, um, uh, like, lulls that I was like, eh. But, they tried to make it too serious for me, and I didn't, didn't, I wasn't on board. I think I'm going to remember this one because some of the kills are really amazing. Whereas there's plenty of Scream sequels. I don't even remember if I've seen them or not. So I know I've seen them, and you're correct. Um, Some of them are like, I could never see it again. But anyway. I think everyone should see it. (laughs) Everyone who likes the Scream movies should definitely give it a shot. We finally got around to it. It took forever for us to see it. 
I think I would have enjoyed it more in a theater surrounded by people reacting to it and everything. But 100%. Yeah. Now, the next movie we have in our crosshairs is called X. Yes. Which is directed by Ty West, the man behind House of the Devil, The Innkeepers, and one of the better VHS segments, which I think was called Second Honeymoon. So this movie X has developed a rather awesome reputation online. Like people are saying this is a stellar horror film. I really want to see it and I want to see it in theaters. I'm still not super crazy about going to movie theaters right now. So, I mean, this movie has a 7.3 on IMDb. Damn, for a horror movie? Exactly. That's That's unreal. That's like Oscar level for us. Yeah, Um, most horror films are in like the 4.0 to like (laughs) 5.8 Some of my favorite horror movies are like, anyway, here's a fucking 4.7. And I'm like... It's so good, though. And, like, super classic horror films, ones where even critics are like, this is going to go down as one of the best horror films ever, usually gets, like, a 6.1. Right, yeah. And so a 7.3 is unreal and really has me jazzed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost universally, if a horror movie is praised this highly, we have loved it, except for The Babadook. I know. I feel so bad. Like, sometimes I feel like... I should rewatch it. And, and, and then I was we, thinking the same thing because it's been a long time since we've seen it. And maybe we just weren't in the right mindset because sometimes when we're on horror movie kicks, if we go from the from one horror movie to a different kind of horror movie. And that's what and we did. We were we, yeah. we were doing like a marathon of just different shit that we haven't seen that was like on our list. We're like, OK, we're going to watch this, this and this. And we were probably on a more like hyper, you know, like like a screen movie or something like that. Similar where there's like a lot more action stuff mm-hmm. going on. And then this one was just like a huge shift in energy and like. I don't know if we were ready for it. So I think we need to give it a second try with a different mindset and see if we're like, oh, hey, because I remember when we watched The Witch, I thought it was a genius and you just weren't about it that day. But then the second time you saw it, you were in a different mindset and then you really liked it. This is not even a defense. Like, if anything, I should have liked it more. But I had been drinking quite a bit that day. Like, we were going out and then we went got home and we're like, let's watch a movie. And usually to me, that means something really exciting and fun. And then it was The Witch, it was and I'm a slow like, burn. I was like, damn, this is really like high production, and it's super beautiful in, in, a, in a kind of dark way. And I was like, but I'm also like really getting tired. <laughs> I really don't want to watch this right <laughs> yeah, now. I was like, oops. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, hell yeah, this movie is fucking awesome. So I feel like the only time we've ever been let down by a highly praised horror movie was The Babadook, which is why I think we need to give it another shot instead of saying we didn't like it, because maybe we just. We don't know yet, so we're going to do it again. I think you're right. Maybe we should do that in the next week so we can... Everyone who thinks it's the best movie ever listened is going, why are we listening to these guys? Right. Get rid of it. But, Give us a chance, man. Yeah. We're going to watch it again. And then you can hate us later if yeah, we still if, hate if it. If we see it a second time, we're yeah. like, yeah, no, it still sucks. Then you can totally <laughs> never listen to us again hate or whatever. Hate us for a good reason, all right? Give us a second. But anyway, that's just the movie update. And so now we're going to go into the story? So now I think it's time for the story. Woohoo! For those of you that have listened to us for the last several weeks, I went pretty gung-ho into paranormal England during the Victorian era. Yeah, that was your last two, right? Like three three of my last four were that. Really? Dang. Yeah. I did feel like I was transported there for a while, but I kind of liked it, so I, I wasn't complaining. But I do think it's time for us to leave it alone for a while, stop kicking the dead horse. Yeah. So I think I think I need to get back to my roots. I think I need to get back to my roots in more ways than one. Oh yes. So it's time for 
an end of episode encounter. Oh my god! It's, I'm not so an excited. End of, it's not even an end of episode encounter. It's like a whole episode encounter. But right, right, right. <laughs> I just had to do my shtick. I'm so like ready for this. It's been so long, and I and I remember thinking, I feel like the uh, something has changed in our in our story dynamic, and and I realize it's because I purposely try not to learn a lot about this kind of realm because mm-hmm. I'm so terrified. And I was like, ah, that's what it was because I'm no <laughs> longer forced into fear. <laughs> you just have to listen to it when I delve it to you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't look for this. But like I said, I had to get back to my roots and worries in one because this isn't just a UFO story. Oh my. This is a New Mexican UFO oh story. Oh, no. Okay, this is like <laughs> Pride to the 505. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but actually, 575. Oh, my. But actually, to clarify, when this occurred, it was area code 505. It was 505. But now it's 575. Right. Our our, our state got bigger and we needed another whatever. Another area code. So yeah. in 2007, a huge chunk of the state went to 575. Damn, it was 2007. I feel like mm-hmm. it was not that long ago. Yeah, it was when you and me started dating. Yikes. Yeah. So I always wondered if people were bitter about that, who used to be 505 and are now 575. Unless you had a tattoo, then probably not. Oh, man, I forgot about all the tattoos. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of 505 pride back then. I don't really hear people saying it anymore, because I think once we got a second area code, it stopped being a thing. But "Eh." before, our entire state was one area code. Yeah. Yeah, we're not a big state. (laughs) Physically big, not population big. Right, well, we're in the southwest. Obviously, it's big. So today, I'm going to talk about... The Lonnie Zamora incident. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. Yeah, so I hadn't either. Okay. <laughs> when it came up, I was like, it, it kind of sounded a little bit intriguing because it's got such a, like, a defining name, okay. but I hadn't heard of it. When it comes to New Mexico, everyone, including me, just thinks of the Roswell incident, don't you? Uh, I mean, that's like the first thing. I mean, even I, when I used to live in California and I was like a child... I would think of Roswell, and I'm like, oh, yeah, New Mexico. Well, and it's the not- only thing. And, like, the Phoenix Lights. So I had Phoenix Lights in my head, Roswell incident. And I remember thinking specifically, I will never live in those states. But here we are. So Roswell is not just the biggest thing in New Mexico. It's one of the biggest alien stories of all time. Right. And I am going to cover it on a future episode, I promise. I'm actually going to try to cover it soon. Ooh. I've been avoiding it mostly because it's so well known I don't want an episode just to be where I'm like rehashing information that people already know. So I'm trying to make sure I can do it justice and make it interesting and and feel like even if you know the incident that you're still going to get something from it. Yeah. And I and I think I agree. Like, I understand. Like, I feel like when I cover some popular topics, I'm like just repeating things that I, you know, but here's the thing. We're here because we want to rehear some things. It's a comfort thing. And with the millions of horror stories that are out there. It's nice to get a refresher, because sometimes you forget. I forget. No, absolutely. Yeah. Especially after all the alien stories I've been covering, it'll be good to to bring it back to the OG. Exactly. So the Lonnie Zamora incident is apparently a really high-profile incident. Okay. So I hope you're as interested as I was. Yeah. It all went down on Friday, April 24th, 1964, in Socorro, New Mexico. Oh, yes. I've been there. Ah. Many times. For those of you hearing the name Socorro for the first time, it's a small city in central New Mexico. In the 1960s, it only had a population of about 5,000 people. Wow. 
So it's very tiny. Very small, yeah. And some people claim that this event is one of the reasons it got known. Like, the city even is, like, acknowledged as being a thing. Oh, okay. And like an exciting movie, our story opens with a chase. Ooh. Officer Lonnie Zamora was in a hot pursuit of a speeding vehicle. The driver, who was unsurprisingly a teenager, had got (laughs) Zamora's attention from speeding through town. As the police chase continued, the cars sped south out of town and onto dirt roads. Damn, that would have been rough. Like, uh, the cars. What what year was this again? Sorry. 1964. Yeah, that would have been a rough, bumpy road, right? It would have been pleasant. I feel like they probably would have been used to it. Although the severity of speeding prompted police involvement, it wasn't nearly as important as what was about to happen. Zamora claims he, quote, heard a roar and saw a flame in the sky to the southwest some distance away, possibly a half mile or a mile, end quote. At this point, Zamora ceased pursuit of the speeding vehicle and made investigating the sound a priority. According to later interviews, Zamora believed the noise may have been caused by an explosion in a local dynamite shack. Okay. So I got to that was like a well-known area. I guess that's pretty logical. Well, I was going to say, I love that nowadays we can't say, <laughs> oh, I wonder if that was the dynamite shack. Right. Because we don't have local dynamite shacks. It's not like, hey, I heard an explosion. Oh, you know, that's just Fred's dynamite shack now. Yeah. We don't have those anymore. So that's just kind of shows how it was a very different time. I feel like I'm very happy about this right now. As Zamora got closer to the source of the noise, he spotted an object about 200 yards away from him in an arroyo. For those of you unfamiliar with the term arroyo, it's sort of like a wash. It's a large dirt ditch that occasionally carries water. A dry creek, if you will. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To him, the object looked like it might be an overturned vehicle. It was, quote, like aluminum. It was whitish against the Mesa background, but not chrome, end mm-hmm. quote. He further elaborated that it was a sort of shape like an O. He <laughs> called the radio dispatch to inform them of a possible accident and that he was going to go to the Arroyo to investigate. He requested the assistance of New Mexico State Police Officer Sergeant Samuel Chavez. Zamora approached the object, and once he got within 50 feet of the metallic object, he saw two figures next to it. He described them as, quote, normal in shape, Mm -hmm. but possibly they were small adults or (gasps) large kids, end quote. No, okay, this is so gross. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, it's so funny because if if we were like, let's say we're walking in the mall and we see someone like, oh, those are either small adults or large kids. People like, that's fine. But for some reason, when you see him out in the middle of the desert, you're just it's like, so something's creepy here. Not okay. There's no playgrounds here. There's no people here. He mentioned that they were wearing what appeared to be a form of white overalls. So not threatening to okay. me. <laughs> it was also at this point that Zamora got a better look at the object. He claims it was round and oval-like, had a door, and he could make out landing gear at the base extending to the ground. So no longer is a car. And no longer necessarily a crash, right? Oh, yeah. If the landing gear is going down, that's usually not how you crash. Yeah. He also noted that there was an obvious red symbol on the side. The symbol looked sort of like a lowercase n with Mm. an upward arrow inside the curve. In the middle, then, probably? 
Yeah, I'm going to show you a picture. Okay. Maybe this picture will be our, our Instagram thing, so you'll be able to see it. Aw. Okay, and you can so... see what the spaceship was supposed to look like. That's that's a crude That looks rendering. like an egg. Little bit, right? It looks like a, yeah, like a totally like an egg. Man, April, what, 26th? It's Happy Easter. Pretty close <laughs> to Easter, kidding. right? Uh, but it was a Friday, so it couldn't have been Easter. It was just the Easter bunny landing on our planet. Zamora attempted to contact dispatch, but claimed that his radio was only receiving static, and mm. all communication failed. Mm-mm. So that's a pretty classic that's UFO encounter of, thing. The radio just stops working when you get too close to it. One of the signs. Full disclaimer, each of the versions of this story I read were slightly different from each other. Some didn't even mention him trying to contact dispatch and only receiving static. Okay. I'm not sure if his approach was in the car or by foot. And if it was by foot, that meant he had to run back to his car, perhaps. I really don't know. So full disclaimer that I'm dealing with information from multiple sources and trying to piece it together. Make a cohesive story. Yeah, no, I uh, trust me, I get it. So, but after trying the radio, he mentioned that he heard another loud roar. When he looked at the object, the door had closed and the two figures were presumably inside. Bright blue flames erupted from below the object and it lifted about 20 feet into the air and moved in a westerly direction at a fast speed. Weird. A short while later, Sergeant Chavez, if you remember the guy he requested to come help out. Oh, okay. Arrived on the scene. He describes Zamora as being quite concerned and intense. Zamora then brought him to the area that the object had been to examine the scene. Right. And what they found were burnt patches of grass and bushes, as well as several deep depressions in the ground. Oh. Yeah, right? They actually saw stuff. That's impressive. So, like, you know, the burn marks I've heard... Deep impressions, that means like there's a sense of weight, weight or yeah. a force that pushed as it left. Ooh, no. Okay. And that's not a typical thing to find. You not know, usually. It's in not the like middle something, of the desert. It's not necessarily a, something a car would leave, you know? Yeah. So. And if it's in Arroyo, usually sand there is decently soft because it's yeah. kind of like a dried up riverbed. If it has de- definite weight, it's going to push pretty deep. Uh, yeah, pretty yeah. deep. Yeah. Chavez acknowledged that he felt Zamora's account of the incident mm-hmm. was credible. So so this got reported out there, and then the yeah. Army sent out Captain Richard Holder from White Sands Missile Base, which is a nearby military complex very close to the area, okay. to investigate the scene. He verified that there were strange markings and burnt areas on the ground. His conclusion was that the evidence was genuine and not fake. Ooh, did you say genuine? Genuine. I really like that. (laughs) (laughs) A state trooper named Ted Jordan began documenting the evidence with his camera, only to have it confiscated by the army personnel on the scene. Right? So, which, as you can guess, has been a point that conspiracy theorists get all hot and bothered (sighs) over. I'm getting hot and bothered over here. Well, and to be fair, why would the army confiscate a camera? They weren't on a military base at the time, and as far as I know, it wasn't restricted land that they were on either. Sure. So this sighting was investigated by Project Blue Book, an organization ah. I've mentioned several times on previous UFO episodes. Project Blue Book was one of the government's UFO investigation groups whose existence has been declassified. It does exist. Mm-hmm. This isn't fake. Like they've, the government has acknowledged it, declassified all the, a lot of their research and everything like that. Yeah. The Air Force brought in a consultant for the investigation, a Dr. J. Allen Hynek, a well-known astronomer. 
Hynek analyzed the physical evidence mm-hmm. and concluded it also was credible and not a hoax, which this is all good. Everyone's That's like, impressive. this is real. This isn't like he. they didn't have the police officer stomping in impressions with his foot or yeah. anything like that. They're like, the, there's like a thousand footprints here. Yeah, they said everything about the burn marks and everything about the impressions does not look like someone just was trying to make a fake scene. Or rather, if they did, it would have been pretty um, impressive because they had to get something very heavy to make such an impression or like whatever. Absolutely. And then replicate scorch marks. I mean, how do you do that in such a short time frame, especially since, like you said, he had already called someone out there in a pursuit. So there would have been someone on their way before they could even do anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of time on his hands. Exactly. Hynek also allegedly interviewed another witness whose name has conveniently (laughs) never been publicly revealed. Like the pictures. Right? This witness claims that they were driving on a road nearby when a similar object flew over their car at speeds in excess of 150 miles an hour. Hmm. So this guy apparently, after he saw it, pulled into a gas station, told the gas station attendant. Oh my God. Yeah, and everything came through and he got interviewed. But his name has not been publicly released at the very least. Right. I said least like three times. (laughs) Take a shot every time. Oh, which reminds me, I'm just going to take mine real quick. Cheers to everyone out there. Um, To your coffee if it's in the morning. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Okay, I'm ready. Other sources claim that as many as five tourists in the area also witnessed the object in flight. Oh, shit. Yeah, they too have not had their identities revealed. It should also be noted that I couldn't find any sources for this last little tidbit apart from one. Okay. And so take the whole thing with a grain of salt. I'd also like to point out... 1960s how many tourists are you expecting to be in socorro hey man there were a lot of people interested in the southwest but i I know when my dad was a kid in the 50s his family they went on a road trip they were up in wisconsin yeah down to la so they took you know the route 66 and everything like that i think it was just like a cool like a cross-country thing so i'm not necessarily saying southwest but since a lot of the population is actually on the east coast they would travel down and probably end up and in you know, LA. That actually makes be, sense. It is going to be a little bit of a shock if you're from the rest of the United States and you come to the Southwest because we have massive stretches of road in between yeah. towns. Like we actually have, you could be driving for 30 minutes and not see a single house easily. Yeah, like good luck if your car breaks down. Exactly. Got bit, and but in, yeah. in the 50s and 60s, that's got to have been a really scary thing because Especially. you don't have cell phones or anything like that. It could be. A huge issue. So I'm just saying I'm so glad that I live in the Southwest now and not in <laughs> the 50s and 60s when driving around would have sucked. Yep. It is also one of the reasons our speed limits are 75 miles an hour here. Whereas if you go to the New England area, the speed limits on highways drops. I think, I don't remember, at one point we were on the highway and it was 45. And I'm that's like, just, that's yeah. ridiculous. That's not good. I don't even do that on the streets here. Yeah. I mean, don't <laughs> listen, cops. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean sorry. So, why is Zamora's story worth paying attention to? Since he gave his report in official capacity as a police officer, he was aware that this story could affect his reputation. He isn't a random anonymous witness. His name is tied to the report, and his reliability as a cop is on the line. His account was also deemed credible by Sergeant Chavez, another witness whose reputation is Ooh, also a sergeant. on the line. Yeah, no, for real. 
But there are legitimate criticisms about Zamora as a witness. Unlike previous UFO stories that I have covered, Zamora doesn't have much experience when it comes to aviation. Many reputable sightings are seen by multiple pilots or aeronautical engineers. Their opinions on the size, shape, and trajectory of things moving in the sky holds considerably more credibility. Mm -hmm. Zamora is a cop, not a pilot. I'm not trying to judge or anything. I'm just saying, but he isn't a pilot. And he's also a cop from a really small town in the 60s. So sure, even if we assume he has the standard familiarity with aircraft as an average American at the time... It still means his opinions on what he saw are coming from a perspective of limited context. But there's also like an inherent, in my opinion, when it's a cop, even if it's small town, there's like a seriousness to them. Oh, no, absolutely. you know, like, they're like, I'm not just going to say I saw something crazy if I didn't see something crazy. I I hope, anyway. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, But the point I was trying to make is of a small town of 5,000, they're aviation sector is not going to be very big. Oh, I see what you're saying. And so if he's a cop from a small town, it would mean that his exposure to a considerable number of flying vehicles is not going to be very hot. Right, his ability to find out what could have been. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong, the guy may have actually been obsessed with planes, and I don't know. None of that was ever mentioned. Right. But just saying. Now, was he always talking about this beforehand? No. A little bit? Okay, no. He never talked about this stuff beforehand. Okay. Uh, And it should also be noted that after this incident, he got very fed up with talking to both the military and the press, Mm. and he pretty much just decided never to talk about this. Oh, Yeah, and he he passed away. I I have it written later on. I'll get to that. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. But he definitely wasn't trying to make money or be a public figure because of this. He was like, this is my report. Read my report. Yeah. Uh, You know. Aw, that makes me sad somehow. As you can imagine, this story got considerable traction with the media and press. Mm -hmm. Although it never reached the heights of intrigue that the Roswell crash did, it is still high on the list, and true believers and ufologists consider this a compelling and credible example of a UFO encounter. So is this an actual UFO encounter? Skeptics have posed several alternative theories over the years, and here are the two most interesting ones. All right. Number one. What Zamora saw was an experimental lunar lander vehicle on a test run from the nearby White Sands military base. Um. This would explain the military secrecy, as well as the similarities between the object and an actual lunar lander. What you said is it looked like an egg. Lunar landers that we've seen, our designs have always been kind of round with landing gear coming out the side. Yeah. And the two guys were pilots who were like, okay, we landed. And then when they saw something, like, we got to get the hell out of here. And maybe, this is... but how, what, why, where did it go? <laughs> maybe went back to White Sands Missile Range. So I guess that, so. I think it's an interesting thing because this would have been the right time. This is the early 60s. It was near a big military base. And this would explain why they were getting rid of the camera and right. why there was, you know, secrecy to it. Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting and compelling thing because we would have been trying to build a lunar lander. I don't know if we would have just launched out into the open or something, but <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that it's an interesting theory. You usually don't hear theories like that. And then here's theory number two Zamora was the victim of a prank concocted <gasps> by New Mexico Tech students. And New Mexico Tech is a college right near Socorro. Yeah, yep. So the president of New Mexico Tech actually concurred that the sighting was likely the result of students from his school saying, Aww. saying, quote, a candle in a balloon, not sophisticated, end quote. Really? Yeah. 
the president's like, yeah, that sounds like something my stupid students would do. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that, I feel like that's kind of condescending. A oh, I bit, think but it's whatever. very condescending. Um, I don't think that's it. And the impressions. Now, I know there's ways to do this. And I'm sure they could have had a giant plastic egg and then just, like, stomped on it while they're inside it. But that's such an elaborate thing. It and flying not, away would have been hard to make as a hoax. And also um, not leaving any footprints running away of some sorts. Yeah, I just, I, I, I don't think that's it. I mean, I want to believe it's a hoax because I find it really funny. But like you said, the evidence that we got, if it was a hoax, I'm like, man, that's a really impressively elaborate hoax. It's impressive. It's time consuming. And at the time, it would have been... It would have been a lot, a lot of time and, and and resources. I'm just saying, like, why would you do this otherwise? Both of these theories at least acknowledge that Zamora did, in fact, see something out of the ordinary, and not just some gas reflecting off Jupiter or some mm-hmm. other nonsense like that. Jupiter. So I appreciate that. Now it's time for a possible chase theory, because <laughs> if there's one thing I always have, oh, there's always a chase. Theory. It's an opinion. <laughs> Perhaps Zamora is actually lying. Let's just say he lost the teenage speedster while in pursuit in his car. And in order to save face, he tried to come up with a story that would make it seem reasonable for him to stop the pursuit instead of it sounding like he failed to catch the teenager. I mean... And we all know how lies have a tendency to blow out of proportion until they get so ridiculous. But this would have required him... (laughs) Yeah, but this would have required him to have rather elegantly placed evidence on the scene that several experts did deem credible. Okay. So my theory is likely bunk, but it was just an idea that... Your theory is crazy. The only reason I thought about it is he's chasing a teenager, he hears a crazy noise and sees a UFO... I was like, man, it sounds like he's trying to come up with a reason why he couldn't catch that rascally rabbit. That is so, I don't know. Like, I I see where you're going. I totally see it. But, man, that's a lot of effort. And then evidence to plant. And I don't even know how he would do that in his his cop car. And, like, you know what I'm saying? The scorch marks, the egg, or the imprint... How? Tell me how. No, I know, I know. But all the theories have holes. I just figured that was what I was thinking about <laughs> when I was reading it the first time. Okay, well, I like it. I like to think that he maybe he had all the the stuff in his trunk <laughs> to uh, mask. Because, I mean, he could have been already making the evidence when he, like, called in. He said, oh, I got static, but maybe that's because all that time he was doing something like, we haven't heard from you for a while. He's like, oh, yeah, I was just getting static. There's, like, a plastic bag in his face. And yeah, he's like, comes, oh, I can't hear you. Come said the guy, I got I got to have him check this out. And he's got a lighter <laughs> next to a bush. Maybe, maybe. In the years since the incident, Zamora developed a distaste for talking about it with the military, with the press. He did not want fame from it. He did not want recognition from it. Fair. So he pretty much went quiet about it. And he passed away in 2009. At no point did he ever say it was a hoax, but also he was trying to avoid people, so it was never really an issue he brought up. At the very least, he wasn't trying to make money off of it. It wasn't like this big scheme or whatever in order for him to gain anything. It was just whatever. Yeah. So a few years after the incident, the site of the encounter was made into a mild tourist location with walkways, steps, and benches. 
However, mm. many claim that this observation site is mislocated and is actually up to a quarter mile from the site of the actual encounter. And there are even rumors that the reason it was built, and this tourist uh, attraction was set up in the 60s. Okay. There's rumors that the reason it's not on the exact location is because of radiation, which we know is bullshit. Right. But it's just it's just something that has been said. <laughs> okay. This hasn't been lost and forgotten to Socorro. It is a part of their history that they do actually like. Okay. And in 2012, a mural was painted in Socorro to commemorate this UFO encounter okay. and can be seen on a spillway near Park Street. So they got a big old mural there, which I got to see. So the next time we're driving through Socorro. I so have to see this. Because you and me, we got to go to the VLA again. And so I I want to go during, you know, the flowers blooming or something. So we passed through Socorro. We got to go check out this I was going to say, I was like, I've been there so many times and I did not even realize this existed. So yeah, I think we need to see the mural, but we could also go to this faux tourist location and see where this sighting allegedly occurred. I'm pretty interested in it. So do you believe... Zamora's account. Do you think he actually saw all this? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I just feel like it's too ridiculous for someone who didn't even want to talk about it after for it to not be real. And like, he, and why he would you make something a, up? Yeah, he didn't like just run to the press and tell his story. It was no. all done officially through his, you know, policing. People were called in like after his um, mm-hmm. like backup came and they're like, oh my God. And in his mind, he's like, this is what I saw. I don't know if it's an alien. Like, I don't even know if he yeah. was thinking that. He was like, this is what happened. So when I asked if you believed him, I meant, did you believe his story, like what he thought he saw? Now the question is, do you think it was aliens? Ah, there it is. Because those are two different questions to me. Um, because I actually often believe people who think they see UFOs. I do think they're seeing stuff. I rarely think they're lying. Right. What they're seeing is the second question. So the question is, do you think he saw something? And I agree with you. I think he saw something. Yeah. But now the extra question is, do you think he saw aliens or do you think it could have been a military vehicle test or so, it could have been students? I'm more likely to think it's military and I'm not going to even say it's students because that guy was being a jerk. Yeah, I think that one's a little bit hard and for then, me to swallow. Not just that, but like I feel like it would have resurfaced at this point and be like, yes, it was, a, it was a joke, you know, and even take credit because he was so like, I don't know, he was so condescending and so like, oh, it was so us and... Obviously, my, one of my students, one of my brilliant students would have done this. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and been like, okay, well then fucking take credit. Oh, no, you didn't. It's because you didn't do it. You know, I just, I, you know, like I'm <laughs> over that. And so I think it's like military at the very least. And, you know, a part of me likes to stay a little scared and a little, a little on edge. So I'm going to say it's alien. All right. So I'm I'm not sure if I believe it was aliens. I usually don't. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I think is important to note is why aliens seem to be obsessed with and landing and crashing in remote areas in the desert. Yeah. And because of that, it makes me just think it's probably just military testing because yeah. they're so close to White Sands Missile Range. And yeah. it just makes sense. I think most UFO sightings tend to actually be military testing that we're keeping under wraps, which makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. This one, I guarantee he saw something. I do think he I saw something. I just don't know if it was aliens or just two pilots, two small pilots who fit in their <laughs> tiny little lunar lander. He's like, I'm just like little. God, <laughs> like I'm under six feet. I'm sorry. Like, you know. But no, like, honestly, he's like, he could have just been slightly shorter than him and be like, 
they were children. And you're like, uh, I'm like an inch shorter than you. What the hell? <laughs> what are you doing there, boy? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's the Lonnie Zamora incident as it is today. No one got abducted or killed. And well, all I'm, the experts say this is credible. <laughs> I'm glad no one was hurt at the very least. And I do think, yeah, no, this is super interesting. Real quick, before we end the story, I do want to say the fact that there was a loud sound might have been military. Because usually UFOs mm-hmm. are like stealth as hell. Absolutely, I agree. So, you know, whatever. Anyway. I mean, aside yeah, from massive that, amounts of flame and noise and roar. That sounds yeah. like a human vehicle if there ever was yeah. one. <laughs> it's like, that sounds pretty... Uh, pretty us here yeah, you know we're really loud. not james bond right not even close to james bond all right now although this next thing is not horror related i just have to say that i'm super pumped that the moon knight show has finally launched Ooh-hoo. if you don't know anything about moon knight it's a marvel character and he's just got a show that is debuting on disney plus it's not horror related or anything like that but i've been a, an avid moon knight collector for over 20 years. Like, literally, if you guys have ever met Chase or even know his existence, you probably already know he's a Moon Knight fan. So I'm pretty obsessed with it. I even run a website called MoonKnightFan.com where I document my collection. And I'm not sure what direction the show is going to take and, and whether or not it's even going to be good because only one episode's come out. But it's definitely got some strange paranormal elements in it right now. So who knows if they're going to go all the way with that. So if you aren't sick of superhero stuff (laughs) and are looking for something new to try, you know, new show to look for or anything, I'd recommend at least giving the first episode a shot. You know what I did? And I'm very happy, very happy I did. It was such an intense episode and... Man, I'm actually excited to see the next one. I've never really said that before. And by the time this episode comes out, at least the second episode will be out. So oh, I hope true. it's good. If the show gets bad after this, I apologize for pushing you down that rabbit hole. But I just feel like I want to push it because it's something that's very important to me, even though it's not necessarily horror related. But I think that brings this episode to a close. Thank you for joining us. And if you have any comments, questions, or scary stories that you'd like to share with us, Please drop us a line at hotwpodcast at gmail.com. We post episodes every weekend. So cheers to all of you who are drinking along with us tonight. And for those of you who are listening to us who might have had a little too much fun last night, don't worry, because the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye. Bye.